Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Beat the Maze yes, Podcast. Yes, it's your girl, Jaysha. It's And we are bringing here with a special guest, Frankie. We're bringing you Miss Maya Simone B herself. She is a natural hair educational content creator. Um, and Maya, tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, well, hi, my name is Maya Simone B, originally from Washington, D.C., but currently based in Detroit, Michigan. I create natural hair educational content for people who do struggle with natural hair, because if you know, you know, it's a struggle. Um, But I like to tell people I struggled for seven years so they don't have to. So I give them all the tips, all the deets, and just let them know that natural hair really truly can be simple. So you can just go back to loving your hair and not looking at it as a chore. So yeah. So how did you start like this entire content creation journey? Like, you know, and and, like, I know Maya from, from college, we both went to Spelman and like during that time period, you know, seeing you and your natural journey then into now, like, how did this come about? Yeah, well, I mean, I've always been natural my whole life and like definitely in college, I feel like I spearheaded into being natural more because I was a straight natural. So I would like wear my hair straight all the time in high school and I eventually got heat damage. So I went to college and I didn't trust anybody in Atlanta, Georgia to put heat on my hair. So I had to just wear my hair natural. I just didn't trust anybody. Like I already got heat damage in DC. I'm like, I'm not trusting anybody in Atlanta. Hair capital, I don't care. I wasn't trusting anybody. So I was like, I just got to wear my hair natural 24 seven. So college was really the time where I was just, figuring it out and eventually all my heat damage was cut off in uh, college and I was just like we have to make something shake and then after I graduated college was like the middle of the pandemic that's when I really like got the hang of it like oh I didn't have to do all this stuff or it it just clicked it was like that light bulb moment where literally the revelation of my hair was just water and I'm like, I mean, I got dyed hair. I'm growing it out now, but my hair was really blonde in college and it was just dry all the time. And I just realized I had to add more water. So I'm like, if it was just this simple the whole time, why didn't I get it? But who's really saying that on YouTube? Nobody. They telling you about the products you need to go get, the mayonnaise you need to put in your hair, the deep conditioners you need to sleep in. They're not telling you water is key. Some YouTubers actually say that they don't use water on their hair. So... With all of that being said, I'm like, oh, if somebody would have just told me this, I would have been did this and my hair would have been crying. great. So in the pandemic, I was like, let me just start making hair content. I just started recording myself doing my hair. And honestly, a year before I actually posted content, I was recording myself on my phone, just to myself, mm-hmm. making hair journals, just, just look, joining the journey because I just learned my hair. Like it was just a me thing at first. And then a year later, I was like, let me just post it on TikTok. And it just went from there. And I just started posting hair content. Let me ask, in your, expert, in your expert opinion, why do you think that influencers and other content creators are so adamant about telling people how to do their hair using all these extra products? And I mean, I know it's money, but there has to be something. Like it, it has to be something else. I just feel like it can't all be money. That's crazy. Well, it can't all be, so we're all on a journey together. It's a natural hair journey for a reason. So it's so many creators on YouTube who just create a following, just showing you what they do. And that's really how I started. It's like, I'm gonna just show you what I do for my hair. But then, you know, naturally as people see you doing what you do and they're like, oh, I like my hair. How do I make your hair, my hair like yours? They're like, well, I use this product. I use that product. And not realizing 
the danger of saying, oh, I just use this, use this. My hair is not your hair. So at the end of the day, everybody's hair is not going to do the same thing. Everybody's hair is different. So it's like people are just sharing what they know to be true for their hair or what they believe that work for their hair. But I've learned and educated myself. A lot of these people on YouTube don't know what they're talking about either. Like they be just as lost as all of us. Like it's so many YouTube pages that come back and be like, I messed up my hair. I got heat damage. My bad, y'all. We shouldn't have never did that. It like it's a learning curve for everybody, even cosmetologists, because I I got heat damage from the woman who was doing my hair for years, and she's a licensed cosmetologist. But in her school, she didn't learn how to do natural hair. She didn't learn how to do curly hair to keep it curly the whole time. So it's like some natural hairstylists just don't know, but now they do. And it's more curriculums to teach people about curly hair, but it's a learning curve for everyone. Like even the books, they're still putting natural hair in the books. They're making natural hair mannequins to this day. Wow. So, so I know you started off um, creating content. You were actually doing a different sector of, of content, and then you transitioned over to hair and hair mm-hmm. education. How was that? How was that transition? What was that like? Well, the transition wasn't really that, like it was, it was kind of abrupt, but kind of smooth at the same time. Cause I was in tandem making natural hair and Christian content at the same time, because really as a content creator, you just share your life. So the stuff that comes natural to you, you just share it. And those were two things in my life that was very apparent that I did outside of work. Cause of course, like I didn't really just want to share what I did at work. I, I didn't have the passion burning to create content about that. So I just created those two, but then I realized Honestly, I fought, I fought real hard. I was like, I don't want to make only hair content. Cause what if I cut my hair? What if my hair fall out? Like anything could happen to my hair. Why do I want to create a brand just around my hair? Like, what if I had bad hair days? Like, you know, like it's so many different things. So I fought it for a long time. But then when I realized that I got positive feedback, like, oh, wow, your tips are really helping. Or like, oh, I needed to do that. Or I did that and it really worked. I was just like, well, dang, this is working. So let me just help more people so I just kept doing hair content so and it do work it, it do I was I was here Maya did a um what was it called the winter challenge yep it grew me and my hair grew significantly he'll tell you like every time I took my hair out of my like protective style was I was strange. like like wow you and I, I'm tired like yo you have hair like I know you have hair but, but like I have hair, have hair, hair. <laughs> now it now it's growing it's growing growing because I mean we fail to realize that you know our hair needs a break but a lot of people in protective styles neglect their hair, but I'm like, no, do this, but still wear your little protective style, you know, you never know. So yeah. as you, so you, so you start this, you, this TikTok channel, your, um, I think it's called channel. Yeah. You start this TikTok channel and you're creating this natural hair education co- content. Did you receive like any like obstacles or like backlash off of it? Like in that, in that case, because I know some people, and what I see frequently, especially because I have like really tight coily hair, I see a lot of other women with tight coily hair. They do not like taking hair advice from people who don't have that same texture. Did you like experience those things? Yeah, of course. Haters gonna hate, but uh, like <laughs> in the simplest terms. But um, no, really, uh, as a community as a whole, the natural hair community has a lot of unlearning to do. And it's just a lot of things ingrained. Like when you tell people like my 4C hair could never like, we're starting to learn that the hair typing chart is just that it was used as a marketing ploy for texturism. Like it really has nothing to do with nothing. Cause as you can see, like I have different curls right here than right here. Like your hair is different. Like 
one head can have five different curl patterns. So why do you think you just got four C hair? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just so much to unlearn, but a lot of people I, I, I learned in the natural community are very stubborn. Like they're stuck in their ways. It's like, if you tell them apple cider vinegar is not about to clean their scalp and they do it and they think it clean their scalp, they're not going to stop listening. Like they're not going to not listen to you. Like if you tell them, oh, you don't have to condition and decondition. If they've been doing it and they like it, they're going to keep doing it. So yeah, I had a lot of backlash. A lot of people like, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not listening to blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, it's like, I'm not the creator that just goes off of my brain. I do the research. Like I, I studied psych in school. Like I'm going to fact check before I just go on the internet and start talking mess. Like I'm going to talk to my cosmetologist friends, which I do a lot, just to make sure I'm not in the wrong because I'm like, I don't want to steer people the wrong way. That's why you will never see me make a video on how to trim my own hair. Because girl, even though I might do it, you need to go to a stylist. Like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not going to be on here dyeing my own hair with bleach. I'm not doing that because I'm not about to make it seem like, oh, it's okay for you to do it. Cause I'm not going to do it. That's just, that's just what it is. But yeah, haters don't hate and they do, but you realize you get more positive comments than negative. Like I, I had this one email, somebody emailed me. She emailed me. Like she took the time out of the day you I gotta find the email she said to me she was like your tips just are terrible you barely style your hair and you barely do anything to it and in my brain I'm like it's like that's the point <laughs> like I mean you don't want to style your hair all the time because I'm my, my whole brand is around natural hair being simple so if I'm not styling my hair all the time then wouldn't that be simple? simple? Yeah. Right. Like, I'm like, if you a lazy natural, wouldn't you want to not do your hair? I was like, oh, I, I, I literally said, okay, thank you. I was like, thank you. That was great feedback. So you got to do. Like, sometimes you got to kill it with kindness. I was like, that was great feedback. I was just like, thank you. I was like, okay, thank you. Because I'm like, I'm like, what did you want out of that? But yeah, haters, like they going, they going, it's always going to be something for somebody that, they always gonna have something to say. You just gotta ignore. Getting a little bit more into, you know, who my Simone B is. I know that you said you studied psych in school, shout out to social sciences. And yeah. you also, you do marketing now, working full time. And I knew when I think when I met you, you were doing some entrepreneurial stuff back in college as well. So how did all of that go into the my Simone B brand now? Yeah, well, my college hustle was my college hustle. That was just to get through. Like, you know, that was just to have a little extra money on the side because my little my little part-time at Nordstrom just wasn't kicking it. But, um, <laughs> you know, hustle is going to hustle. So my college hustle is just that. But it did teach me a lot about, you know, like marketing and the importance of creating partnerships and, you know, relationships to move forward and to benefit each other type of thing. So with my nine to five, I do believe my nine to five definitely plays a huge role into my personal brand because I get to use the skills I'm using in both like interchangeably because like I market myself kind of sort of with content creation because technically my day job, I'm a community manager slash content creator. So creating like natural hair content for the brand I work for, I work at a multicultural toy company that teaches little girls how to love their natural hair. It's like, it directly correlates to creating content for myself 
teaching adult women how to love their hair. So it's really like basically the same thing. And then just learn in the back end, learning like email marketing, SMS marketing, and just more than if you want to start a business, you can't just start an Instagram page and think it's going to work. Like it's more stuff that goes into that. Understanding that it's like, okay, now if I want to scale my business or do more stuff, this is the way I'll go about it because I am working at this company, which is a startup company. So I'm not at a company with 10 million people. It's literally like four people on our team, very small team. So I work really close with our CEO and founder and I learn a lot. So my nine to five helps a lot with my content creation journey. Going into that just a little bit more, because I think for our audience listeners that also are in the same space, like you're working in one space and you take a lot of those skills and put them into your personal brand. Has there ever been a time where you struggle with separating one or the other or experiencing some type of burnout? I would never say I struggled separating the two because of course your nine to five is literally nine to five. Like you have to have work boundaries. Like you can't take your home, your like your work, home because it's ain't school we ain't got no homework like do your work during work hours and then after that work on your brand it was at a moment I was looking up like super early before work to do stuff for me and then I'll go to work and then after work I'll do stuff for me but burnout yeah definitely have experienced burnout like right now I'm kind of taking a break I haven't been posted as consistently as as I normally do and it's because sometimes you just get into a content rut where you're just like I have nothing to post like, I just feel like it's like, I have nothing to post. I have nothing to record. Or some days you're just like, I don't feel like recording. But I will say for people, if you don't want to just stop posting like me, like me, I just, look, I just, I took my first content break. I learned that it's like patterns, psychology again. Life is in patterns. I learned that both, all of my burnout comes after I go viral. So I went viral in December on TikTok with a video I did. I did some purple braids. It got like 5 million views. And that led me into burnout because it was just overwhelming. I was just like, this is a lot. So I just took a step back and the entire month of July, I mean, January, I just took off. Like, I was just like, I can't do this. I just needed a break. But, and that the same thing just happened in, I can't remember the month, recently on Instagram, a video went viral. And that video was a little more controversial. So it was more hate comments than, my video of my purple braids so I was just like I can't do this so I just took a step back and I just stopped making content for a while and that's okay I think for you as a content creator you have to realize I guess that is something for my job like at at work I used to like have to get things approved for me and my content creation I don't have to get anything approved it's just me so I was I had to gather the mindset of oh I have to do this it's like no I don't I just don't have to post if I don't want to post it's my page it's my page so I lose followers, I lose followers. During those breaks, what does it look like? Because I think when you and I were just having a conversation on our own and you were like, you've taken breaks multiple times, but your audience would never know because you still have content that's posting. So do you kind of like, would you like foreshadow, okay, I'm going to take a break in January because I've been going hard for six or however months. And then you just have content in the back or do you really just in that time period, like, you know, I got to keep the engagement going. I'm not making any new content. So I'm going to repurpose content. Like, how do you go through that thought process? Yeah. So like in my content cycle, I typically only make content for TikTok and just repurpose it on Pinterest, Facebook, uh, Instagram. So for me, my January break was literally like 
so random. So I really didn't have content, but for me, when I do make content, I batch content. So like right now I do have some videos that I could post. It just won't be like my twice a day. Like I might post once a day or here and there, but I still have content because I have those videos on TikTok that I haven't made it to Instagram yet. Or I have like a couple of videos here and there in TikTok that I haven't posted. So I think for real, if you want to, I don't schedule my breaks at all. I mean, moving forward every January, I'm definitely getting off social media. I think it's just the perfect way to start your year, but like just batch content as long as you have a lot of content because I never repurpose old content like I know you see some content creators repost old videos I never did that before and I mean I'm not against it but I just never did it I don't foresee me doing it anytime soon but um I just batch a lot of content or I just take videos of random stuff and just put random tips on it like I try to make content easy understand so as you're moving through tiktok and you're gaining this following now you're going viral almost thirty thousand followers yes almost yes. thirty thousand tiktok followers and fifteen thousand instagram followers as you're moving through the space now like of course you want to start monetizing you're like i have people that are watching me that yeah. find value in what i'm doing what was that thought process moving from a content creation realm to a now business realm of like i need to I need to um, gain leads from this and bring them to another place, a landing place, landing site, so that I can monetize this in some way. Yeah, well, um, little do people know, <laughs> since I want to say January of last year, I've always looked at my social media as a business. Like even before I was, I made my product, before I started even taking brand deals, I looked at it as a business because if you approach a hobby like a hobby, it's always going to be a hobby. So if you approach a business like a business, you know, one day you're going to monetize it and scale and all this is just different phases and you have to just be patient. I learned that from my nine to five too. It's everything's in stages. Like people think they just going to make a business, blow up overnight, make a thousand sales. It don't work like that. It's, it's a process. You, you have to process it. So as soon as I started making my content for Instagram and TikTok, my first goal was to be consistent and to create quality content. But I always thought of it as a business. So I'm like, for six months straight, I strictly just focused on my brand because I didn't create a new Instagram. I had to shift my personal college Instagram that had 50, 50 followers, men and women, which was not my demographic at all, to majority the 75% women, the rest men, hair content. So that was already a struggle in itself. So for six months, I just strictly focused on my brand after that six months I was like okay towards the end of it I was like what is the need everybody looks at a natural hair creator and be like oh she's going to start making hair products I don't want to start making hair products like I don't want to be like everybody else everybody has hair products everybody got a body butter everybody got this stuff that what's the difference so I was like what is the need what is something that I would have needed that I would like and I was like okay an ebook because I wasn't about to publish it because publishing and printing the book is a lot of money ebooks not that much money to start and it can pack a lot of value and it then can grow so that's why I created the ebook um, on how to create your natural hair routine because at the end of the day all natural hair creators no matter what we disagree about we all agree that having a natural hair routine is a necessity but we also agree that a lot of people that don't know what they're doing don't have a routine and if they do have a routine, they're not consistent with it. So it's one thing to tell a person, you know, give a man a fish, he'll eat for the day. Teach a man how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. 
So I'm like, we always giving them our routines, but their hair is not our hair. So why, why don't I create an interactive book that would walk them step-by-step on how to create their own routine that they can always print out and go back through the book if they need to redo their routine or whatever. So that's what I did. And I, it was just really from a place of what did I need that I didn't have? And that's how I made my book. And now that's what I have to monetize it on top of doing like brand deals and promotionals. But I'm very strategic and picky when it comes to those. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I definitely appreciate most about your brand and your business is that like a lot of your content is very universal. Yeah. Like we use it. I know yeah. we've, our families use it. Sent like it it's, out for sure. Yeah. And the, the idea that you could have a product that, like you said, an ebook lives forever. You can create it. You can put everything you want in it. It's a downloadable thing. And to still be able to like have an audience where that like everyone can benefit from it. So yeah. as you like, one, your mindset on how this goes is phenomenal. One, because I, you're very strategic. I can see like plant, like with your thought process. So how has it been with like brand deals? Because you said you're interested in more education when it comes to hair, instead of just like products, you don't want to just keep selling, Oh, do this product. The, the hit product this week, how does that go with like you picking brand deals and um, obviously being more selective about them? Yeah, so when it comes to brand deals, um, thankfully, I'm very blessed to say I've, I've haven't till this day reached out to a brand. So any brand deal I've ever done, they have reached out to me. So very blessed about that because you see a lot of videos about these people pitching themselves. And it's, that just is a whole nother thing that I don't even want to get into. But um, for me, I, I'm very strategic because it's like, one, would I use that product on my hair? If I'm not going to use it on my hair, I'm not going to take the deal because at the end of the day, I still have to put it on my hair for the brand, for right. the video. So I'm like, mm. and then also you have to look at the brand's mission. Like, let's be real. If I if I look at myself as a DNI content creator for you, I'm not doing it because why do I have to be the token black person to promote your product? So I'm very strategic about that, and I'm also strategic about like for instance, I've gotten some some deals from some wig companies. I don't wear no wigs. So I'm like, I've, I've been very strategic in those conversations because I'm like, okay, I've worn wigs before. This could potentially be a deal, but I'm not that natural hair creator. So it's like, I don't be slaying the, the front. I don't do it. <laughs> so I just can't. So I just, I, I wouldn't take that deal. So I really just look at the product, the brand, the brand's mission. And if they had any controversy or if they, how they treat black creators. I, knowing you, Jage knows you, you feel me? Anybody that knows you can attest to the fact that you're just authentic and we see that very clearly in your brand. Where does that come from, if you don't mind me asking? Um, honestly, you know, I think it comes from just learning myself, knowing myself, and never really being in a space where I had to question who I was. So it's like, like you know, being from DC, which is a predominantly Black city, to go on a Spellman. Like, I know a lot of people talk about like, oh, diversity and you wanna be in diverse settings. Like that's why they go to PWIs and stuff. But for me, I feel like HBCUs was like, kind of like a catalyst to the confidence and the growth I've had as a person to be authentically yourself. Like I had an internship some years ago at like this really white 
credit union. Came in there with my fro and my suit, like, what's up? Would I have done that if I went to a PWI? Maybe not. So it's just like, <laughs> I just feel like my lived experiences have made me authentically me. And also, you know, just what God blessed me with, my little personality. And I just feel like I, I can't fake the funk. And a lot of people can fake the funk. I just can't do it. Like, I can't code switch. I can't fake the funk. You're not about to hear me talk in a certain way around one person. I yeah. can't do it. So yeah. I, I very much agree. My um, When I was younger, I remember I was having an issue, like, being so many people to so many different places, just the way I grew up. And my pop was like, yo, you know, the people you know you at church should be the people that know you at school. Your friends should know the same person as your parent. And, you know, that stuck with me. And so I always, I look to surround myself with that. And I encourage everyone that I know to surround themselves with people who are truly authentically them to be truly authentically themselves, because it's important. Like you want to go to work, you want to come home, you want to be with your friends, you want to be with your family, you want to be with whoever mm -hmm. the same way. Like it's, it's hard keeping up persona. This is hard code switching. You got to figure really out who you going to be today. Uh, it's tiring. Quite frankly, it's unnecessary in my opinion. It's unnecessary to code switch. Like I'm I'm Jay Share all the way around and it it's not gonna change to make anyone feel more comfortable about exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like the people that are the most uncomfortable, they just don't know themselves. Would you say your hair is a part of like you being your authentic self? Yes. I will say that, yeah. Um, because like I said, in high school I wore my hair straight all the time. And then I straightened my hair, I think, for graduation. And I was just looking at myself like this is boring like if you think about it like natural hair like this is day four day five hair but my day four day five hair for wash and goes do not look the same ever <laughs> like it, it's never the same it could change from like the environment I'm in like it just never looks or the product I use but straight hair always gonna be straight it's just flat and dull and I was just like I felt like I straightened my hair because it was easier but it was bland. Mm. I definitely yeah. understand that. I had one of those revelation moments with like wearing wigs because I'm a, like, I love a good wig. Yeah. And I was like, it's just kind of boring. Like there's, there's no vibrancy to it. There's no like, what power factor, right. but um, moving into, I guess, like you said, like you're, you're like, like I said earlier, your mindset is very it's very on the money to the point. Do you like go out of your way to really educate yourself in like the space of mindset or is it just something that you've always been around people who just had a really good head on their shoulders? <laughs> That's a good question. I think for me, I mean, I do like listen to the, I listen to some stuff. Like I look sometimes, like I look at books and stuff, but like, for instance, like the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, like, I don't, I wouldn't run to go get it. Like, you know, like it's certain things or certain places, like the four agreements was bullshit. Like, you know, it's just, I think so. I, I hated read it. it, so I don't know. <laughs> I hated it. But uh, like, it's just, it's some, like, sometimes what the world says is like, this is it. I just be like, no. But some things I'm like, okay, I can take that. So maybe sometimes I look on YouTube to some things, but other times I read books. But other times I just, just communicate with a lot of older people. Older people are really wise. Gotta have the capacity to listen to them for sure. Yeah. What has been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned just in your entrepreneurial journey, but especially 
where you are right now. Yeah, consistency is key. Consistency is very important. Consistency and discipline. I think a lot of people lack both, sometimes one. And if you lack one or both, it really hinders you from getting where you want to go. You mind going a little bit deeper into that, like specifically what that looks like in your life? Yeah. So when I first started, like like Jay should say, I'm very strategic. So when I first started, I actually started giving a lot of my energy and all of my energy to TikTok. That's why it's probably like my biggest following. I was very strategic, posting three times a day. And I was very consistent with that three times a day. So I was busting out that content, batching that content, making sure that even if it was like, I'm not gonna say even if it was trash, but even if it wasn't the best, I was still posting three times a day to see what was good to get better. So if I wasn't consistent or if I was only consistent for a month, I wouldn't be where I am today because that three times of like that three times a day happened for months. And that's where the following came from to the point where I got to the point where I could be like, okay, I need to take a break. And then I came over to Instagram. I started on Instagram, like, okay, I'm only post three times a week. And I started that without doing hair content. It was just me three times a week, just getting comfortable. Then I was like, okay, let me bring my TikTok content over here. Then I realized I had a lot of content three times a week. I could just do once a day. So I started doing that consistently. And then I was like, okay, to grow my following, I probably have to show up more twice a day. And I was doing that consistently and it grows. Like you see the growth over time. Like if you, I remember I had this trainer who told me if you come to a tree and you hit it with the X, the same place, same amount of times every day, the tree is eventually going to fall down. But if you only do that for a week, the tree's not going to fall down, probably won't even move. So it's like, it's that consistency and time that goes into that. But to be consistent, you have to be disciplined because if I wasn't disciplined enough with the days I wanted to record content or me coming, sitting down, writing down my content ideas, I wouldn't have any content to do. So consistency and discipline. And so I know like you have this like crazy process flow map, which crazy, not in a bad way, but crazy because like, I'm like, yo, how did you come up with this? Like, it's so detailed. How did you like, did you just really sit down and were just like, cranked out everything that you knew you would need or was that kind of like did you use a template to build on it it was really me and what I wanted to do so like my flow map definitely starts with TikTok because but that's the thing is that's how I started like I think a lot of people also when they start they try to start and do too much like when you come out the gate you're not about to be posting consistently on Facebook Twitter Instagram all those platforms are different they take different time they take different dedication they take different content so if you try to come out the gate, post consistently on all and build all at once, you're ultimately not going to be successful. So I started with TikTok. I was strong on TikTok. So I was like, TikTok is going to always be the place I create my content first. Then I'm going to bring it over to Instagram. Then now I branched out to Facebook and Pinterest. So I'm going to repurpose it for that, but make it work. So like all the content I do on TikTok won't work on Facebook. So I won't post it on Facebook. But some of it that does, I'm going to do that. So it's just like, it's coming up with a way that knows how it works for you, but also your ultimate goal. So my ultimate goal was to get into in front of X amount of people this month. So I need to, okay, TikTok virality is good, but Instagram converts sales. So let me focus on those two. You just got to know the platforms and know what you want to do and then you create it. Is there anybody, I know uh, in the entrepreneur space, you hear a lot about coaching, you hear a lot about investing in different education, I'm sure that you do that, but did you invest in some type of coach or somebody that taught you these things, or was it just trial and error? 
Um, I've only invested into one class and because I'm like I said, I make Christian content. So I'm very faith based, believing like honestly, all of my wisdom always starts with the Bible. So I invested into an entrepreneurship course called Kingdom Entrepreneur University. And it's taught by this lady named Tiffany Montgomery, who is a multimillionaire. So, of course, I'm going to listen to people I want to be. Um, so that's the only course I've ever um, invested in. But other than that, it's really just been trial and error and just learning from experience. As you are continuing to progress, Maya, what are some things that you see for yourself in the future? Maybe one, two years, a couple goals that you might have in mind. Yeah. And one or two years, a couple of goals I have in mind for content creation. Um, of course, making more money about brand deals. Um, hmm, you know, doing like the bigger campaigns, maybe doing some like hair modeling too. I, I think that would be super cool to work with some brands. I actually had one brand reach out to me for that, but I wasn't in Atlanta. So I was like, so, you know, getting flued out to do some modeling <laughs> for my hair. Um, also, yeah, I don't, in the two years, I hope I have another product uh, or products, but right now, look, I don't have no ideas, but in two years, you never know what happened in some months. So maybe like, at least having like two to three more products. Cause I don't want to just make products just to make money. Like I want to have products that are valuable and that actually like take time to make. So. so coming from a value standpoint, how do you feel that has helped the growth of the Maya Simone B brand? I think like, like you all said, like y'all feel the authenticity. I feel like people can feel that. Like people can feel when people are just being like so black and like so fake and just like, oh girl, you just want to sell this item. Um, but I think people can feel it. So I do believe adding value and people really understanding like, oh, she's just not in this for the check or she's just not talking like, oh, she really like cares. People are like, oh, I'll follow you. Like I respect that. Or they're really comfortable coming to me asking advice because I, I provide that value beyond just a little hairstyle here and there. So you said like, as far as like monetizing of your business, have you entered like the TikTok creator fund and I like those things they got going on? No, I haven't entered the TikTok creator fund because I know what it does to black creators. Um, so I just, I mean, I do my research. You found upon that because I'm, I'm not aware. Yeah, I mean like the TikTok, the TikTok creator fund was cute when it, while it lasted and while it started. Um, but me personally, I feel like let's use social media as a tool. Let's not get paid from these social medias I do believe like Pinterest has a good creators fund and I feel like YouTube has been doing it for a while they they take care of their creators but TikTok I feel like with the with you can you can get a hundred thousand followers in one night on TikTok just doing anything random join the fund you have to get a certain amount of views to get this amount and I think it's like for every views you get like four cents like it's not that much money but the thing is it's like TikTok has power on the back end so if they know if they suppress your views and you won't get that much money, they only pay you like $30. Like I've seen creators go from TikTok with all these followers making like $100 go to go to YouTube and make two, $3,000. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. So it's like TikTok, I feel like it's beautiful for virality and getting your, like, if y'all know about the marketing funnel, TikTok is beautiful for the top of the funnel that awareness phase where people just got to see your face, understand who you are, get to know you, yeah. beautiful. 
but for selling and like more just get them over to instagram get them over to youtube get them over to a platform that will actually value you to the point where you know get more money right. that's crazy because i think i did see um since the day at, at they saw and she was talking something about like her her views dropped like dramatically like to in the hundreds from being in the thousands and it was like wow. huh right because the thing is is like if a they're like, hey, we'll pay you if you get this many views, but we're kind of in charge of views. So like, it's the same if you have a business page on TikTok. Business pages, you can't use certain sounds. And it's really hard to go viral and grow on a business page. Wow. So I a lot of businesses have personal pages. Wow. You just taught me something new. Because funny enough, on we just started a TikTok for Beat the Maze podcast. And I remember when my TikTok like I have a business page now but like it's a certain follower account that you have to be able to access like a whole bunch of other features yeah crazy and I was like I don't remember it being this difficult to get people to watch a video or to post a video and it gaining an audience like I mean because at the end of the day we have to realize these social media platforms are businesses they want money so if you're a business trying to use their business to get their virality and use them as a tool they want you to pay for ads yeah that makes sense yeah that's why everybody's kind but of if you're a personal page they're like oh we don't care mm-hmm. so for somebody that might be where you were a couple years ago just getting started found something that they want to talk about found somebody they want to talk to but they don't know where to get started what are some suggestions that you would give them to get started like gain traction in their journey does this person know what they want to talk about Yes. Yeah, know what they want to talk about, kind of have an idea of who their target audience is going to be. But they just don't know how to, like, like you said, get on there. And then there's so many things now, so many YouTube videos. It's like this sound at this frequency. You got to post four times a day at these hours with these many hashtags. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do they step into that realm of content creating where they can see, like, of course, consistency and discipline, but a slow growth? I think everything is trial and error. Like I work in marketing and that's like the the tagline, like trial, test it, just test it. Like really for me, like I said, I started making content on my phone. Like I wasn't even posting it. I was just making it on my phone for me because one, you have to get comfortable in front of the camera because video is king now. Um, So you have to figure out, and then you have to figure out if you know, if they have an idea where their target market is, focus on where they are. So if your demographic, because TikTok is a younger audience. So if your demographic is like 20, 30, focus on Instagram, even though it's kind of harder to grow on Instagram now than it was before, focus on where your audience is. You don't have to try to tackle all social medias. And then as you're focusing on that, focus on what it, like, of course, people are like, oh, this is how you go viral on TikTok. But it's like, everybody is different. Every niche is different. Every, every person is different. So you just test it. Test those short videos with only words on it test putting your face in the camera test long videos test short videos test this sound test no sound you have to test everything and that's when it comes to just very cliche doing it like like I said I was doing three videos a day if you scroll all the way to the bottom of my page the content I created then is wildly different than it is now but I kept going so you have to just keep going to see what hits and then when you see oh my audience likes when I'm on the screen I'm talking to them I added no sound, but I give this type of content. Keep going. 
So you said something of like identify your audience on different platforms. So if you have the Facebook, I know earlier, the Facebook, the TikTok, the Instagram, they're all very completely different setups and different things trigger different things in those systems. How would you uh, how would you advise someone to truly identify their audience in those spaces? Like which one is bringing a bigger pool? Because as you know, on TikTok, you could have thousands of views and nobody like it or no one follow you. But on Instagram, you could post a reel and have no views, but gain 50 followers. Like how does, how do how would you advise someone to? When I say find where your target audience is, is you, all these different platforms, you're not gonna have a different audience. Your audience is the same on every platform. You just gotta find where your audience is majority of the time. So like for me, I was like, I wanna help people 18 to 25. They're on TikTok, they're on Instagram. So that's why when I started, I said, I'm only starting on TikTok and Instagram. But at the moment when I started, I said, okay, TikTok is the traction and the growth on TikTok is quicker. So let me focus all of my efforts there. So you focus there. And then once you focus on one place, you can repurpose for other places and then grow. Because once you know, when once it works on TikTok and you got that message down, you got that content creation down and like your message is good all you gotta do is shift it to another platform got you got you so we always like to end our episodes with a bag drop so for our audience out there for the, someone who's listening and they're they they just need something more outside of all the the bomb content that you've already given they just need something more drop a bag on them what you gonna say to them all right, so everybody want to start a business. Uh, don't get discouraged about what you're trying to start. If it's a water bottle, as you can see, there's multiple water bottle companies out there. Just always remember that your story is so important and distinguish yourself. So always think about the why. Why do why should people buy your brand more than other people? Yeah, yeah. I think the why is very important. Absolutely, and that is a wrap. Maya, thank you so so much for coming on to beat the maze podcast telling people how you beat your maze and do what you do the way you do jace where can the people find you you guys can find me on instagram and tiktok at jace robinson you can find me on twitter and instagram at emb two underscores at the end tiktok is ian.b3 maya please plug in all your stuff where can the people find you yeah, so first, thank y'all so much for having me on here. Follow all of their socials. And then you can find me on my socials, on TikTok, Instagram, and everything else at Maya, M-A-Y-A, Simone B, underscore. Don't forget the underscore. For sure, for sure. And you, do you have a website? Yes, I have a website, mayasimoneb.com. I keep it very simple. So it's just my name. You can Google me and everything should come up, so period well thank you again for coming on this episode and thank you guys for tuning in make sure you check this episode out as long as as well as our other episodes on our youtube channel at beat the maze podcast and on our instagram and tiktok at beat the maze podcast see you next time see you next time